everyone. Welcome back to the Earth on Survival Guide. I am, of course, Dan. With me, of course, is Josh. Hello, everybody. And tonight, uh, we're going to be discussing all things quizzical because we are on email palooza number three. Yeah, we're we're in the wake of our technical problems and general uh, work being Malaise. a bear for me recently. My day gig, that is. We're being lazy and we're doing two email episodes in a row. Save me having to <laughs> do some actual prep because we've got some topics coming up here that, that I actually want to be a little bit more prepared for than I usually am. So I will do another. Uh, okay. Hey, people sent us emails and uh, we'll go. I like this. This could just maybe convert to a. No, it won't. We won't convert to just an email show. <laughs> no, no. We only have no, shows we have when we way. get emails. No, we've got lots of stuff to go over. Yeah, we'll have way too much content coming up. And literally, we do have we, every time we have something slated to talk about and emails come in, we either truncate that episode and do the emails along with it, or we bump it entirely when we have as many emails as we've gotten recently. So we have content we will get to, but your emails are more important. At least they're first our priority. So, uh, Josh, you want to start off with, it with the, the last minute edition yes. that we just got? This one arrived um, this afternoon as we are recording. It is from Scott. Scott writes, hey, guys, love the podcast. I have been playing Earthdawn for over a year now, and it is rapidly becoming my favorite game. Nice. I heard about your podcast a bit late, so I am currently binge listening my way through it now, currently on episode 23. So he's about halfway through. Wow, you're quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't sleep, you can get through that much in a day. <laughs> That's true. We did on one of the previous podcasts, Josh had mentioned that the shield bash talent does not give a character a second attack because it takes the normal melee attack. So a sword and board character could make their melee attack to hit with their sword or their shield, but not both. My question is, would shield bash be usable under the second attack option or second weapon talent? Thanks for keeping the podcast going. Scott. We, it's possible we've answered this before. This is a question that comes up not infrequently. Often, Shield yes. Bash is not, I don't think it actually says in the book, but I think the errata basically says that it is not compatible with second weapon or second attack. That Shield Bash is really nice. Like it, it combines a regular attack with a combat option. That is the attack to knockdown, mm -hmm. which is really nice. And so, so damage and knocking down. Yeah. And as at least officially, it is not compatible with any of those multiple attack talents. So no, I don't think it actually says that okay. in the rulebook. I think it's errata that was brought in to clarify after the fact. Fair. Okay. One of these days I'm going to find all the errata, but that's just me. Uh, if you go to fasagames.com and up in the menus, you collect there, uh, there's an Earth Dawn thing and there's mm -hmm. Earth Dawn resources. The very first link um, on the resources page, it's in big, like bright red. Here is a link to the official FAQ and it links to a Google <laughs> doc that only Morgan and I have access to edit, but anybody can view it. And it has all of the errata. Basically, they sort of get updated as we they it gets updated as we take care of them. And sure. also because some of the books have now gone to a second print, we have highlighted the the header for it if it has if that errata has mm -hmm. actually been incorporated into the second printing of a book but it's got Look player's guide game master's guide companion trevar um mystic paths like it's got as questions come up and and whether like it's not just errata it's also like some clarifications and things like that but yeah 
Okay. It's right off the, the FASA Games page. Um, feel free to, like, bookmark it because that is where it is sort of a living document. And as things get changed and updated, they get updated there. Uh, and so it's worth always going to take a look. Fair enough. Uh, I can hear like 50,000 different people pausing this podcast right now and going and doing that. And then they're coming back. Welcome back, everybody. On to our next Welcome email. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got this one from Corey. <clears throat> hey, guys. Corey again. Sorry about that. Corey three times. Uh, before I start to get into yet another long email, I need to get something very serious out of the way. During the episode on Obsidian, Josh referred to Tealk as Gold. Tealk is, in fact, a Jaffa. The Gwald are the race of alien parasites that possess human hosts. Sorry, could not resist giving you a hard time. I will accept that correction because I <laughs> did not actually follow Stargate SG-1 that closely. I watched Stargate Atlantis a little bit more, but I was never hugely into those shows because uh, Stargate SG-1, I remember, was on like like a pay channel or something that I didn't have. Fair. Or something. Like, I mean, I just... I'm familiar with the show and like the names of stuff in there I could absolutely have gotten wrong, which I did. No worries. I didn't watch the show, but my friends did. So they're probably listening to the last podcast and they'll be texting me soon. As That's soon fine. As I, do. Anyway. I, I am perfectly willing to to be corrected when my when when I am wrong about stuff. We're all human. That's why we kept keep an errata page for Earthon because I'm not. I'm just while, things need to get clarified. Yeah. Uh, so obviously not that big of a deal. So back to Earthon. I do have one possible correction. In the episode on group patterns, you stated that if any member of the group dies, the group pattern dies. But the player's guide says it does not. This may be a misremembering on my part of version changes. Fair. I seem to recall in first edition that if a member of a group pattern died, that you had a certain amount of time to either bring them back or reform the group pattern without them, or it would be lost. And the fourth edition book might not have that in there. So yeah, I, I'm not. Josh I has a lot know. to keep track of. <laughs> no, fair. I would say go with the player's guide as it's written, just because Josh is trying to keep four different versions of Earth Dawn in his head. So well, Two and a half. <laughs> Two and a half. No, no worries. So now on to Corey's usual questions and thoughts. When you answered my question about bonuses to thread weaving, as it turns out, thread weaving tests from thread items, you did understand my question correctly. So I failed to see what was right in front of my eyes. Thank you for that clarification. Yay, Josh. Your answer did inspire me to think of another thread related question. In case of the limit on the number of permanent threads woven for multiple discipline characters, I assume the limit is based on the highest of their thread weaving talents and not the total ranks. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it actually, it actually, it's, it's, I forget. This actually came up on the Discord channel, like, just the other day. And it actually says in the book that the limit is the highest, is based on their highest circle. Ah, page 219 of the Player's Guide. At any time, a character can have a maximum number of active permanent threads equal to his highest thread-weaving talent rank. So your your okay. limit is you your limit is 15. That is the maximum number of permanent threads that you can have. That's assuming that you have your talent capped at 15, which is the highest mm -hmm. that you can. And so there is a limit that is some that is intentional um, because it is a, yeah. a resource. I'm checking on the group pattern thing. Hold on. 
Yeah, it looks like it did get changed. Um, reading uh, page 235 of the 4th Edition Player's Guide under Group Continuation. If a character dies and is oh. not brought back to life, the surviving members of the group can still benefit from the group true pattern. Okay. If the dead character Fair is enough. brought back to life in the future, they must rejoin the group and reweave threads to the pattern item to benefit from it. Because when a character dies, all of their threads go away. So they would have to, that's why they would have to do that. Gotcha. So, yeah, uh, I guess it it was tweaked and I just didn't remember doing that. Okay. Probably because nope, of the, enough. probably because of the difficulty in bringing people back to life. Yeah, I suspect so. Because either you bring them back to life, like right away with a last chance salve or a um, spell, last, last chance, chance spell. spell or something along yeah. those lines. Otherwise, like bringing somebody back from the dead is a significant thing. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. That takes a, that takes some doing. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> there we go. A lot of doing. So, yeah. So right, again, cool. Corey has uh, two more points. Hey, so why we write this stuff down so we <laughs> don't yeah. have to remember it. Uh, regarding the episode on masks. I really like masks. Thank you, Corey. I have mentioned that I am running a campaign introducing some new players to Earth Dawn. One of the things I wanted to do early on was to show the PCs some of the things that make Earth Dawn unique. So after a fight with a swarm of blood bees, the next thing I dropped on them was a pack of cadaver dogs. I felt like cadaver men were too powerful to drop onto a group of first circle adepts, but the cadaverous mask allowed me to find a circle appropriate threat for the party and give it the flavor of cadaver men who, without overpowering the party. My last thought and question for the day is, has Fossa ever considered creating a site like DM's Guild, Storypath Nexus, Storyteller's Vault, etc.? I really love the idea and think more companies should consider doing something like it. Keep up the good work, Corey. Yes, thank you for the word about the masks, Corey. We like masks too, and uh, what you did is exactly what they are intended for. <laughs> Cadaver men are especially one of those stealth surprises that I love dropping on uh, new players to the game because they treat oh, yeah. them like normal zombies and then they don't act like normal zombies. And so doing yes. them with a dog, with dogs or whatever, so that they're a little bit less of a challenge is mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> well done, Corey. Yes. To answer the question, has FASA ever considered creating a site like DM's Guild, Storypath Nexus, etc.? It has been asked. We have not talked about it. I don't, I don't really have anything more to say about it. Fair. Uh, stay tuned. We'll see. <laughs> uh, okay. On to an email we got uh, from Joe, host of The Relative Dimension. So, Joe. Uh, hello, Josh and Dan. I've been meaning to write this for a bit, but just haven't had the time until now. Well, it is COVID nation, so here's all the time you need. In regards to spreading the word about Earth Dawn, I have a few suggestions. I don't know how many of them are feasible or not, but I'll just list some of the ideas. Since I'm preparing to begin a live-streamed game of Earth Dawn, most of these ideas involve podcasts or live streams, since it seems to be a rather untapped potential for mostly free advertising. So since he's got five points to make, I'll, ask, I'll have Josh ask her answer as we make each point. So point one, promote podcasts and streamers. I know you have mentioned some of these on the EDSG, but perhaps see about a channel in the Discord so that the content creators can discuss their stuff like we have over in the SCN Discord. And then ask those podcasters and streamers. Yeah, SCN being Shadowcasters Network. Oh, right, right. Uh, and then ask those podcasters and streamers to promote the FOSA Discord to bring their audience over. So, thoughts? I think it's a good idea. Um, we're, like, looking at ways to kind of improve our Discord experience. Um, like for people who are using it and whatnot. Um, so that is fair, a, a possibility. I'll have to bring it up to our tech guy um, and maybe bring it up in like a 
company meeting or something and say, hey, this was a suggestion. I think it's a decent idea. I mean, it was, you know, like having that would be great. And then, you know, it's just a matter of people coming over and actually taking advantage of it. Sweet. Point number two, set up a folder with some artwork or logos that content creators can use on their streams or podcast links. Official artwork might grab more attention and these streams and podcasts could possibly draw more people to Earth Dawn via links on the web page, etc. Instead of making the art publicly available, maybe only give permission to certain people that agree only to use the artwork for actual plays or promotional podcasts or streams. Um, that is also a good idea. I am actually probably just going to end up forwarding this email over to the team and saying, hey, these are some great ideas. Can we put them on the agenda for a future meeting? Again, Absolutely. This, some some of this comes into the trademark usage and stuff that has mm-hmm. potential legal, like not, not some of this has but... relations. I am just not on my game tonight. Fair. Some of this <laughs> does tie into legalities in in the sense that FASA Games is technically licensing the stuff from FASA Corp, even though we are wholly owned. That has to do with like maintaining trademarks and some other IP related ownership things. But yeah, it's a good idea. And we'll go with that. (laughs) So not to peter that one out, but we'll we'll go with that. Uh, Number three, have someone official hop into the chat during live streams, assuming these schedules permit, and engage with any viewers, if there are any. Wild cards on the Saving Throw show Twitch stream often has Jody and Clint, Pinnacle's COO and Savage World's rules manager, respectively, hanging out in the chat during the streams. So feasibility? Potentially. Again, like that largely depends on... Uh, on like scheduling availability and and who might do stuff and yeah to engage in in those activities certainly we like to engage with people you know i try to do so like in a lot of cases all you have to do to draw my attention on twitter is mention earth dawn in your post because i have a (laughs) custom search that sets up and notifies me whenever somebody has it there you go so all right Yeah, but in general, I think, again, it's another good idea with all of us, like, kind of squeezing in our Earth Dawn stuff around day jobs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Being able to to reliably do something on that is depends on scheduling and who's available and whatnot. Absolutely. Number four, perhaps giveaways. See if you can't allow some podcasters or streamers to give away coupon codes for Player's Guide PDF or maybe one of the recent releases. I don't know how it would work with FASA. Perhaps authorize the streamer podcaster to give away one or two copies and then have that particular streamer or podcaster email someone at FASA with an email of the winner so that instructions could be sent to that person to get a copy of the PDF, sort of how Kickstarter backers are flagged and given a code to download and all that stuff. Yeah, we've done some stuff like that before. I know that we've given out PDF stuff giveaways to Shadowcasters Network when they've done like streamathons and whatnot. We've contributed some some electronic product for them to to give away. So it, it is something that we can potentially do. One of the issues is that a lot of streams are small in terms of their viewership. Fair. And so the potential value of giveaways is reduced. Like if a show only has like the same half dozen viewers every time, you can't like continue doing <laughs> that a whole lot. I, although it is potentially a way to get other people to the stream to kind of do a shared like cross promotional kind of thing. I don't know. It's it's absolutely it's possible. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's uh, it's it's certainly possible. It's another, you know, again, these none of these are bad ideas. 
No. Got to check into the feasibility of them. See how they go. Number five. I think lastly, work with podcast stream GMs and see if any of them can promote T's upcoming material, such as the Legends of Bar Save Adventure Paths. Maybe a GM is willing to run through those. Or as happened with a re- recent announcement of Ool's death in the webcomic, see if any GMs are presently in places to tease some events like that as well. These don't have to be major events, but maybe there are storylines on the back burner that may not be getting print in the near future, but you'd like to tease those events, such as where Adelia is or what she's up to. So anyway, those are just a few of the ideas I have. Again, don't know if they're feasible or how they might po- how possible they might be, but thank you, Joe, host of The Relative Dimension. That's, again, not a, not a bad idea. <laughs> the, the difficulty with that is that, much like podcasts, it is not uncommon for for streaming games and whatnot to like maybe have a few episodes and then peter out that kind of thing. We talked about this in in the last episode in terms of like podcast longevity. One of the difficulties Mm -hmm. there is that the time frame that we work on is kind of extended and it's kind of sometimes difficult to coordinate that with a group. I mean, we haven't really yeah. tried it, so I, I don't know ultimately how it would be, you know, how how it would work out. The one thing that I do want to address, um, perhaps more specifically, though it wasn't really part of his question, <laughs> it was just as an example. Yes. Uh, but you'd like to tease those events such as where Ardelia is or what she's up to. All, all I would like to say is ah. if you haven't already, check out mm. Empty Thrones because that answers <laughs> some of those questions. That, that answers like... There, there is a section in there that addresses that very subject. Spoiler. Anyway, that's hopefully <laughs> we're waiting for the final layout to come back. So hopefully we will actually see the, the PDF release. I don't know that it will actually be out before this episode drops, but hopefully right around that time. If you backed the Empty Thrones Kickstarter and you got the pre-release draft, you know what I'm talking about. There you go. And so, fair listeners, what that means is, if I may <laughs> tangent here, we always tangent. give we, we always give early access to the manuscript to anybody who backs the book Kickstarter. So if you want mm-hmm. to see stuff ahead of time before it's actually released online or or whatever, you just need to follow us yeah. and back our Kickstarters. And you'll you'll there see you the go. material, you know, two, you know, a, a month or two or three before uh, the general public would be able a month to. Or so early. Thank you, Joe. Okay, on to Matthew. Thank you, Joe. On to Matthew, uh, who also, by the way, has five points to make. So uh, we're going to segue into Trevar here pretty quick. Kidding. Hello, guys. Keep up the great work. I still look forward to each and every episode. Amazing. Thank you, Matthew. As for some topics, here are some ideas. One, meta plot. Specifically, tie into the other worlds like the second and the sixth. Okay. For a podcast episode? Sure. Okay. Yeah, if he's talking about, like, subjects for this, I mean, there's not much information on the second world, the Age of Dragons. Um, I, like, with some prep, I could maybe speculate. (laughs) Fair. Maybe that's, maybe that if if we, if we do get, uh, if we do get Lou on the show, maybe that's something that we could, that we could talk about. Talk to Lou about. Like, hey, let's talk about some stuff that wasn't ever really explored and maybe just hinted at. What are some of the, what are some of your ideas of what was going on? Nice. That'd work. Uh, number two, Legends. I love this aspect of the game, but I don't think there's enough out there. I I don't disagree. Fair. I was actually thinking of recording all the Legends in the... Legends of Bar Save? Yeah, had to be that one. 
because the name escaped me. The, there's 30 legends in the Legends of Barsif. I was thinking about audio recording all of them and stringing them all together to make it just the game masters pick and choose and play this for your 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 listeners or your players and you know lace the ideas in there. But there's game stuff at the end I didn't quite know how to work in. So yeah, eh, thought about we it. we haven't had anything that really like focuses like is focused just on legends. There have been and and even the source books. Like you'll have little bits like in the quest stores or, or Mystic Paths book, there are some legends mm-hmm. that are kind of referenced in some of those in-character essays. But yeah, it's not something even in first edition, like you had the Legends of Bar Save book, you had the Book of Exploration, which was Legends Legends 2. 2, yeah. And then you would occasionally have like little stories and stuff like that in among other books. But I think it wasn't something that saw a lot of, like, dedicated focus in, in development. It was more something that occasionally got thrown in for flavor, which is fine. And, and maybe something that we can yeah. keep in mind for, for future development. So here's, here's my offer. Uh, $5 to have me record all the legends and audio. No. Or no. $25 not to have me do that. Uh, number three, other name givers. The Theron book introduced a few one, a few new ones, but I don't remember really them saying so much about any of them in bar save. So going into more detail in, on your average person reacts to them would be helpful information. Well, that's because for the most part, they aren't in bar save. Yeah, they were in Thera. He is referring to uh, the, the first edition Theron Empire book introduced Jackalmen. Yep. Jabrook. Olkmen. Olkmen, Leafers. Mm-hmm. Is it just the four? I think that was it, just the four. I think it was just the four, yeah. I think it was, yeah, I think it was just the four. I remember the pic- I remember the picture on the and page. And they, they the are like native to, uh, Jinari, I think is the other one. Oh, which are right. from Morocco, maybe is a fifth. Anyway, yeah, like there's not much like going on how the average person reacts to them. Carl is working on a Crayana book. We don't really have a release date on that yet, but obviously that's a book that will deal with the Jackalmen in some, uh, in some extent. We've got a Vasgothia book that is in development. Um, so that will probably address leafers and Olkmen uh, to a certain extent. Hmm. So it, it is something like in our development plans, you know, th- that sort of stuff will show up at some point um, and be addressed. I don't know, like if again, if you're talking like subjects for the podcast, we may very well get to that. But those like yeah. outside bar save areas, we've got a lot of like sort of core content to get through first before we start getting into some of those outlying areas and talk about some of those things. And I am not just pushing those off because I would actually have to go back and look at those books and like remind myself what actually exists. Ditto. Ditto. (laughs) It's been a while. So no argument here. Uh, Number four, the living legend cult. Like legends, I love this aspect, but not too much information on them. Yeah, that's actually not a... Maybe we can pencil in somewhere down the road um, discussing uh, as like a game master advice thing on living legend cults and what they are and how you can use them in a game. Um, that's something I would want Fair. to think about a little bit, but it's not a bad it's it's not a, a bad idea. It's ultimately like a living legend cult is a small secret society dedicated to a particular task. And so they can make great antagonists or rivals or allies you know, for, for your game. I had a living legend cult that I didn't actually get to use that much because the game kind of broke up fairly early. Um, that was a cult dedicated to finding the, the true heir of Landis, uh, of the throne of Landis. 
and was a was a living legend cult that was sort of dedicated to that. But that's basically yeah. living legend cults are just basically groups uh, like a small secret societies dedicated to a particular goal, and they can therefore provide hooks for adventures. Yeah, I'm playing one uh, in my fourth edition group. My friend is running the campaign, and he's got a living legend cult that we are actively trying to stamp out. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all for those. Uh, number five from Matthew. Other places. Just a high-level overview on places that are not part of the Theron Empire. I could probably read word for word all of the material, <laughs> not including Cathay. Because, yeah. like, that's got, like, multiple books devoted to it. But I could mm -hmm. grab my Skypoint and Vivane box set off of the shelf and probably in the space of 15 minutes read everything that is not part of the Theron Empire as far as published material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly, again, one of those like down the road, maybe uh, ideas we've kind of like bandied around in house about what we might do with other areas. I know Elven Nations kind of provide some tantalizing hints as to what the condition of the um, Scandinavian peninsula mm. is like um, in terms yeah. of what's there more in the sense that um, th these things kind of keep coming out from it and they're like nasty and, and cause problems. There's some, there's kind of some, some references like that, but one of the design principles in first edition and in some ways we've been kind of trying to hold to it in fourth is of having the, the edges of the map, at least in an, in a book or something that we're just that we're focusing on be fuzzy. Yeah. That like mm -hmm. Elven nations, particularly the Shosara section, which is the one that deals the mm -hmm. most with those kind of fuzzy edges. There's a, maybe a, some hints about the Scandinavian peninsula peninsula. There is some, some hints about, well, to the East, just massive, like, you know, big plains of, of grass and nobody like it's called like the endless something or other. I forget off the top of my head now. But like just yeah, big no. plains of grass and nobody really knows what, if anything, is on the other side of it because it's really, really big and things like that. And like the the first edition Skypoint set in the, the Theron province book, the third book of the three booklets that's in there, has some yeah. info, like has a couple of paragraph has like a paragraph or two on Arcania, which is clearly a reference to something in South America. Uh, there's a, you know, Azania, I think is what it's called, which is like something in Africa, whether they're talking about like around Kilimanjaro or down even further in like South yeah. Africa, present day South Africa. There are some things like that that are there, but mm -hmm. not a whole lot and left vague uh, intentionally so. Um, and until we have a yeah. compelling reason to explore it, something interesting to do with it, they will sort of remain that way. Fair. Thank you. Matthew, for all your questions, Thank whether you. we can use them either in the podcast we're doing or as development for other stuff, you've at least uh, got the, the gears in motion. So how's that? So on to Shane. Shane's got a nice long uh, email as well. So hi, comments, questions for Josh, but feel free to use the po for the podcast if you like. Well, you wrote us, didn't tell us not to use it. So we're going to use it. I have just finished the Cavalryman episode. Of all the disciplines, it is the one that requires a specific situation to be able to act to its full. That is being mounted. A comparison could be made to the Air Sailor, but I see that as being a little bit of a false comparison as the vast majority of the Air Sailor's talents can still be used as, the, as normal off of a ship. Whereas without a mount, the Cavalryman can only really use about 30 to 50% of their talents, if that. 
How would it work in terms of giving the cavalrymen the standard versions of most talents, avoid blow, wound balance, etc., and a method that would allow them to use those talents when mounted? This would also allow them to be equally useful off of a mount. Clearly, some talents should be retained for mounted only, charge for one. Some might say it could be unbalanced, but I would question that as they will be not as warrior as a, as a warrior, and nobody complains that the air sailor or sky raider can be effective off ship, perhaps a gateway talent that each rank of which allows the cavalryman to assign a non-mounted talent from a specific list to mounted use, how feasible would that be? And how would you approach the above idea if not with a gateway talent? A lot to unpack there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Shane. So thank you, Shane. Let's yeah. let Josh kind of unpack this. I, I think to okay, understanding that this is not in any way <laughs> like this is just me kind of talking through this off the top of my head. So Josh is gonna spitball it here. I think that so there's a couple of different ways to approach this, uh, I would think. One would be to potentially do away with the cavalrymen effectively as a standalone discipline and that and to instead make the cavalrymen a path that basically gave them access to a bunch of knacks only available to cavalrymen that allow them to do all of this cool stuff while mounting being on a mount yeah yeah like that that's one that's one possibility i i honestly though i think that kind of loses a, a little bit of i don't know p potentially runs into the issue of, of maybe like losing a little bit of of flavor i think the cavalryman as a discipline is really really nice in terms of world building even if it isn't particularly effective when it comes to your typical campaign situation Right. That's one of the problems with the cavalryman yeah. is that because it is kind of so niche in one regard that your standard campaign kind of runs into problems with it, unless you're playing a windling with a with a Zoke or, or a Q or something like that, that, you know, typically your your yeah. orc cavalryman group is, you know, running to issues. But yeah, like a cavalryman without his mount is kind of in trouble because he's got melee weapons. He doesn't really mm -hmm. have a void blow. He's got trick riding, which can be used as a void blow when he's mounted. You know, charge doesn't do yeah. you any good if you're not mounted. Absolutely. Like the, the cavalryman can kind of kind of runs into that situation. But yeah, it, it, like potentially doing it as a path. But like this feels like it, it's a point where I would probably only approach that if I were doing like a heavy radical redesign of some potentially sacred cows in terms of how earth dawn does things like on such a broad level that it wouldn't be just a matter of oh we're going to remove cavalrymen as a discipline and just make it a path that is most common among warriors or whatever yeah i don't know i i don't yeah i i'm not sure i understand maybe the thought process that he's going with and mm -hmm. there comes a point where you just kind of need to say it's the way it is. And, and if it's not working for you, maybe pick something else. Like you don't necessarily need to make everything identical. That's not, that's not really the word I'm looking for, but it's like the sort of, it's like, you know, people who complain, for example, and I'm not calling anybody out or just kind of saying in general, but like if no. there are complaints about say the illusionist and the illusionist is mm -hmm. not, 
like when it comes to like their spell selection and their play style, an illusionist doesn't play like an elementalist. Well, no, because an illusionist isn't an elementalist. Um, if you want yes. an elementalist, play an elementalist. Don't, play one. You know, or, yes. or, you know, if you, if like, oh, well, I'm playing a troubadour and I'm not happy that I'm as good in combat as certain things have certain styles and flavor and you pick them in part for that style and flavor, not because they are the most yes. potent or the best or whatever. And I am not saying at all that Shane is, is like seeking to do this with the cavalrymen. It just no. feels like there are some disciplines, cavalrymen probably being one of the best Especially. examples of that, that are useful yeah. in particular circumstances that, you know, yeah, they just aren't as broadly more. useful as like some others in terms some. of like what percentage yeah. of campaign styles they are most applicable to. Agreed. Uh, my only suggestion otherwise is, and no, you can't use karma on them, but anything you want to do to be more effective off your mount, take as a skill and bump those ranks up as well. It's, that's, that's a way to be, to be more effective off of your mount. You can't use karma on your skills, but it doesn't hurt. So it's the, I mean, the game is built in eight ranks of skills for that big old list and avoid blows on there. Charge oh, is on always, there as well. Yeah. And you can always learn skills so, after the fact. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it just, those, it, okay. it feels like it feels, I, I, I get my talent progression, but I'll go pick it up as a skill. I, I feel ill-equipped to answer this question off the cuff because this is one of those Fair. questions that like, I think about it and I go, okay, let me go back and actually compare like how many mm -hmm. unique talents does the cavalryman have? Like how many things do they have that are theirs basically, yeah. at, at, you know, at, at the, at, you know, looking at discipline talents, looking at talent options and, and things like that. And how many things are theirs? And those are obviously things that define a, a cavalryman to a certain extent. Yes. What do you do with those kind of after? No, that's a, that's a fair question. I don't know. I have I've been, been listening I've been listening to the Legends of Earthland podcast where Rusty is playing a windling on a Zoke cavalryman. But there have been times where he doesn't have the space to build up for his charge. And there have been times when his Zoke has been wounded. And there have been times where he's, uh, and I'm only like in the like episode 32, where he's flying away and he can't, and he's got four horrors after him. He can't run around and charge because that's just a suicide mission. So he's shooting arrows, which is also not in his wheelhouse for a cavalryman, but he's, you know, he understands. I can't use karma on the skill to, you know, to shoot arrows, whatever the case may be. So he's, he's making do with the best he's got, but he knows his primary role is a murder machine on his Zoke and that's what he's there for. So he knows, and, and Cliff has done a good job of balancing out when he can and cannot be used because, sorry, there's no room to build up for that charge right now. Find something else. Do something else. So yep. I agree. I'm, I'm a little ill-equipped to answer without having broken down the talent list as well and the options to say this many are meant for use on amount because most of them should be. That's your job. Yeah, it just, it, it feels like the the question is leaning towards is making cavalrymen a path a better solution for that that people can then the add onto their characters if the game ends up being one where cavalrymen would be useful? And from a mechanic standpoint, maybe, but from a setting standpoint, I think you lose a lot of world building as a result. 
which is what makes me hesitant to do that. Fair. I think that's a reasonable answer. Is is one better mechanically Good, and is one, one better for flavor? No, I'm 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 with you because this is an iconic Earth Dawn thing that you don't find in a lot of other games. And but no, I think that's a reasonable answer to say for flavor, it's it exists there and should be there. And mechanics, maybe the mechanics now that we've discovered paths, or at least been able to work out mechanically what paths are, maybe mechanically it is better, but I still think yeah, cavalrymen need to be there. Just they do. Yeah, it, it, it. But it also like within the framework of what paths are, it still doesn't feel right because paths generally are like a mystery cult or secret society or something like that. Mm-hmm. And cavalrymen feels yeah. too broad and too Wide general <laughs> for that to be the case. Agreed. So no, paths are the mechanics to your point, and then the flavor and generality of cavalrymen is too uh, too widespread as you said so i think you're right if there's, there's a conflict there not going to find an answer on this show today good <laughs> well thank you shane for yes the thank you topic that'll get mulled over in our subconscious for the next few weeks i guarantee it um on to aaron last last and certainly definitely not least because i think this is one of the longer emails we got in the entire uh, uh milieu in the last week so good morning to you both from across the pond once again well we record at night but you don't know that so it's okay previously i mentioned that i am playing an obsidian from the delirus mountains from the brotherhood that are close to the rock horn moot that make their homes there while omar is an obsidian I feel he has a strong connection to the Highland troll culture because of his homeland and backstory, and because of this feels drawn to the Sky Raider discipline as a potential secondary discipline. I recognize that this is mechanically doesn't add much to my character, so it's mainly for flavor, and also that it would be a little unusual, but seems like the most fitting secondary discipline to take. He is also in the middle of trying to rid himself of a horror mark he obtained while the Circle of Dawn attempted to cleanse a life rock of a horror infesting it which led me to a passage on the horror stalker path, which suggested that horror stalkers are adepts that had once been marked and had rid themselves of the horror responsible, which again fits Omar pretty well, or will once he has dispatched the wretched thing. So my question, second discipline versus paths. Are there any major benefits for one over the other, or is this largely character player preference? Largely character player slash player preference. The idea for the idea behind paths is something that allows you to expand into particular themes without needing to create like an entire discipline under earlier editions horror stalker was a discipline and runs into some potential viability options when you start thinking about like what they do and what they're objective is that they always felt like something that would be picked up as a second discipline for someone who already had some good skills and survivability abilities because going after horrors is generally dangerous (laughs) a a problem Mm -hmm. and the paths framework when we kind of came up with that horror stalker fits that very very well like it is a dedicated organization that has some secrets Mm -hmm. that they keep because you know whatever but that the motivation and in yeah. a large part, the reasoning why a lot of them become horror stalkers is because of an experience that they have had with a horror. And it drives them a, a little bit nutty and prompts them yep. to pursue and like slay those. Yes. The purifier as well kind of can have that same kind of background, but takes a very different like emotional response to how to deal with that. Yeah. 
No, I think ultimately it comes down to to character or player preference. I don't think that it's even necessarily required that you pick up a, a second discipline or a path. You know, there are options basically that allow a lot of new widgets and toys and stuff to become available, and people like those for their characters. Mechanical bits are are fun to add mm-hmm. on and to play with. But no, I, I don't think that there are any major benefits one over the other. I think the major benefit of a path over a of an additional discipline is that a paths are gonna get give you access to some unique talents potentially but also a lot of knacks that you will not otherwise get access to. And some of those, depending on the path, can be really, really cool. Fair. A second discipline um, is generally something that would be picked up when you are looking at a much more major shift in a character's goals or personality to sort Mm -hmm. of accommodate the philosophical complexities that, that are involved in following a second discipline, which are not quite the same with the path. And quite often to help fill in, potentially fill in gaps to uh, gaps in the skill set of the of the group um, or the or the character. So I'm going to add on. Cool. I was going to add on a thought to uh, Aaron's question, which is second discipline path quester. Yeah, that quester is, is another option. Quester doesn't quite have the same degree of mechanical options that a path does they are similar at least on a superficial level in terms of how the mechanics work um but questor Mm -hmm. is i think quite a bit more devoted into the the role-playing aspect than a path might be um just because of the dedication required and the re and the relationship between the questor and their chosen patron but you can i mean they're they are they are very similar and I think the the choice ultimately comes down to the player and their conception of the character and what the character might be wanting to do. Fair. I just, uh, we haven't had a lot of questions about questors in the last few emails. So figured I would bring them up because I have it slated that we're going to talk about some questors pretty soon. Uh, okay, so more from Aaron. On the question asked about starting a new group with fresh players, I recently did this. And two of the four players are new to the game as well. I picked a central spot on the map, Surveillance, did a little research into the politics of the area and came up with a Theron sympathizer plot in the town, which led the group into the, into the servos to find information on a slaver's staging area set up in an old manor house. They took it upon themselves to free the slaves while they were there too. The point was to introduce what is now a fairly minor threat to bar save in the Therans, while giving them a relatively easy mission to get grips with the system, the mechanics and environment, it seemed to work well enough for my first try, but as it was a fairly central, I found it easy to create a bit of sandbox of a campaign. They have a choice of directions to travel, and I just have small plots here and there to keep them busy while I plan the big event in the next area. On the cool. ideas for celebrating the Earth on Survival Guide's anniversary, how about a live Q&A on Discord that you can record and post up with the inclusion of some of the GMs and players from the actual play podcast or streams, and maybe some of the big names in the game? Maybe a good opportunity for Josh and the other developers to ask questions of the consumer to get some firsthand feedback from those playing and running games. That's cool. One of the, I, I don't think it'll end up being an anniversary show thing, but actually one of the things Fair. that I want to do is have Kyle on and like record a conversation between me and Kyle talking about Empty Thrones and the work that went into that and the development 
uh, of that sort of thing, because I think that would be interesting. And I want to talk about it. I want the book to actually be officially out so that I can talk more about it. Because <laughs> I am I am so happy with the way that that book came out. Kyle did a really great job kind of managing that and the the things that, that came about as a result. That's really, really cool. All right. I will also say that while I cannot release anything official at this time, stay tuned. When I can talk about it, I will. But if you uh, keep an eye or an ear to uh, official FASA news sources like the Discord or the blogs or whatever, that there may be similar kinds of things coming down the road. Fair enough. So that pretty much wraps up the episode here for email Palooza three. Yes. Um, we did not actually say you can contact us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com, but we will say that now. But we just, so did. if you have any questions for us or want to tell us how your group is doing, we just did. I just mentioned sort of the, the official channels. Um, of course you can find me on yeah. Twitter. Uh, you can find Dan on Twitter, although he is nowhere near as active as I am. There's, of course, God, no, the no. official uh, Earth Done Survival Guide Twitter feed, which I yep. keep an eye on as well. Uh, Facebook, um, although I have been kind of reducing the amount of that in my life lately uh, because I just to be. can't um, these days. Nope. Fair. Oh, we should give a shout out because you uh, the Earth Done Survival Guide Twitter feed absolutely just um, found a new Earth Done Live Play podcast. Yeah, maybe. Radio Free Earth Dawn. Radio oh, Free Earth yeah, Dawn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, it's another. Yeah, they get a um, shout out as well. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's another um, uh, actual play. Yeah, there's there's a few of them. I'll have to to put together a um, like a summary of of of. Hey, here's the stuff that's going on now. I and that connection as my time is so limited, go. I have not actually had much of a chance to listen to it. So. Fair. But yes, uh, yeah, Radio Radio Free Earthon is the name of it, um, and you should be able to find it if you yeah, search a... for that. Yeah, and the first episode I think is thirty three minutes long, so easily squeezable into anybody's uh, anybody's non busy day. How's that? So anyway, what are those like, Josh? Thanks for making the time. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Uh, and absolutely. apologies to Happy I mean, to be here. you know, our our email shows are are fine, but apologies They're I fun. for for being. Like, out of it, it has been uh, hecka crazy at work. No, it's okay. It's been a day. Nothing to worry about. We will be on the ball next time around, guaranteed, uh, when we will talk about... Yes, we've got a, we've got a couple of, of actual content episodes planned coming up here for the very near future. Because we have one discipline left to talk about, and I'm pretty sure Spirits and Summoning is Spirits slated and summoning. very soon. Yeah, there we go. So... Anyway, folks, uh, that'll take care of us for now, and you know where to find us. If you don't, you're not trying hard enough, but otherwise, it is time for you to go email us your legend. Good night, everybody.